It's Monday, April 4th, and this is Brian with The Morning News. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the headlines you need to know to be in the know. Multiple suspects are being sought in a mass shooting that left six people dead and at least 12 others wounded early Sunday outside a stretch of bars and nightclubs in downtown Sacramento, California, police said Sunday. Police Chief Kathy Lester said among the dead were three men and three women. All of those killed or wounded were adults, she said during an afternoon briefing. Chief Lester said police are searching for multiple suspects in the mass shooting. She said authorities haven't determined a motive, but are investigating a possible connection to a large fight in the area before the shooting. Sacramento Mayor Daryl Steinberg said Sunday morning police were still trying to determine many of the details of the overnight shooting. This senseless epidemic of gun violence must be addressed, he said. Responding officers found multiple victims and a stolen handgun was recovered at the scene. Police have also received multiple videos recorded in and around the scene. In other news, more than 4 million Ukrainians have fled their country since Russia invaded over a month ago. But instead of large-scale refugee camps, like those that popped up around Europe in 2015 to house the influx of Syrians fleeing war, the refugees from Ukraine have mostly found shelter in private homes. Hundreds of thousands of Poles, Western Europeans, and other Ukrainians have taken in refugee families. This massive informal network, which has also offered food, transportation, and in some cases jobs in addition to housing, has eased the burden on public services and made the welcome smoother for the refugees. Still, a month into the war, local officials are wary of backlash, aware that the goodwill toward refugees and the invitations to stay in their homes will eventually run out. Donations to aid groups have already fallen considerably since the start of the war. Of more than 300,000 refugees currently in Warsaw, Poland, only about 10,000 are staying in the temporary housing the city has set up at exhibition halls or warehouses. Back in the U.S., American consumers are starting to cut costs on mainstays from toothpaste to baby formula as inflation hits a swath of the economy that is thus far proven resistant to substantial price increases. Procter & Gamble, Clorox, Kraft Heinz, and other consumer products giants have made a bet that consumers will pay up for household products even as inflation takes hold. Over the past year, the companies have seen profits and market shares grow as they have raised prices on products from detergent and diapers to snacks and soda. Now consumers, hit by soaring costs for everything from gasoline to childcare, are drawing a line, analysts and retailers say. Shoppers are buying staples in smaller quantities, switching to cheaper store name brands, and more rigorously hunting for deals. The shift is especially pronounced among lower-income consumers who splurged on household products amid the heights of the pandemic. Grocery industry executives say consumers are becoming more sensitive to price. They are switching to store brands for some products and increasingly trading down to cheaper items such as ground beef instead of steak. Around the world, Shanghai began testing all 25 million of its residents for COVID-19 Monday, aided by thousands of medical workers who arrived over the weekend from across the country, with the entire city now effectively under a lockdown that was meant to be in its final day. Residents began lining up from early morning to receive the first of two rounds of nucleic acid tests as public anger and frustration grew over the government's handling of the city's worst COVID-19 outbreak. China's financial capital recorded a record 9,000 COVID cases Monday out of 13,000 new domestic infections nationwide. And 
The Senate is poised to confirm Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson this week in a historic vote that will elevate the first black woman to the Supreme Court, but also highlight just how partisan high court nominations have become in recent years. On Monday morning, the Senate Judiciary Committee is expected to deadlock on Judge Jackson's nomination with all 11 Democrats voting in favor and all 11 Republicans voting no. Later today, Democrats are set to hold a vote on the floor to bring her nomination before the full Senate, despite the committee tie. A final confirmation vote at a simple majority threshold in the Senate could come as early as Thursday. Now you know, and you're ready to go with the morning news. These headlines were brought to you today by Podmeo. Start your podcast easily at podmeo.com, the world's number one podcast hosting. Subscribe to this daily morning brief on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and themorningnews.com.